And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? It is February 1st. It's another edition of the Athletic Hockey Show here on a Thursday. Haley Salvian, Max Boltman, Sean Gentilly here with you. I'm going to leave at some point because it's All-Star Weekend, and uh, I've been running around, and I think I didn't even say hi to the dog when I walked into the apartment. That's how busy it is. Normally, I spend about 15 minutes just, like, laying down with the dog. This Not is like a, this is a rare afternoon like lunchtime record for us. This yeah. very rarely happens. I can't believe Haley just admitted to big timing her own dog. I know national podcast all the time. I know, and he's laying behind me on the couch, and he's gonna be pissed when we're done with this. But it's fine. Yeah, I just I just want to say one thing. You guys want to know what I had for lunch? Costco hot dog. Ugh, with a Pepsi. Dollar fifty. Dollar fifty. Hell yeah. That's Thank like you to big, the Costco Corporation. Big dudes rock energy. Is the the <laughs> amount of like dudes on a Saturday afternoon walking out to Costco with a dollar fifty hot dog and a Pepsi or a slice of pizza? It's pretty unbelievable. I love seeing. I one time I went recently. Dudes, a, a group of dudes carried out a full pizza. They yeah. went, they just went to Costco and got the ate the whatever it is the fifteen ninety nine pie. It's amazing. We love you guys. I haven't done lunch yet. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make a Costco run here after this. What'd you have, Haley? <laughs> I ate a couple nachos. And what does that mean? <laughs> you? I had a few nacho chips with some guacamole. So not decidedly not chips and guacamole. I know I'm not the only person that does this. I know everyone's going to say I'm stupid, but like if I'm just eating like chips and dip, I'm going to say like I had a few nachos. You're not stupid. It's just a stupid thing to say. <laughs> oh my God. My mom I, says the same thing. Would you call my mom stupid? It's a dumb thing to do. <laughs> Smart people do stupid things all the time. <laughs> I think this is like another Canadian thing. Is it not? Like this, this has no. to just be a... No, Mm-mm. you guys no. mistook the nacho is, for the the chip. This is a really fami- the nacho this is, is a combination of chip cheese. This is a Salvian. This is a Salvian women thing. This isn't national. This is familial. <laughs> this is a familial. Oh, this is a familial right. error. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like if there's like a bag of Tostitos, my mom's like, "Do you want some nachos?" I'm like, "Yeah," and it's, I just not, eat a it's couple not correct. Chips. It's not correct. I this yeah. really. What would you me. call it? Just tortilla chips. chips? Haley, chips, if, tortilla uh, chips. Yes, but that's a not a potato chip. Like I don't call potato yeah, chips. Yeah, that's why you say chips, it. I just say chips. So these are not this chips. Is, these are nachos. This, like, <laughs> this is you're you're wrong about this. Like I like there's there's no way to justify this. 
Booger, Booger, I think, might be some kind of <laughs> regional pronunciation thing. Like Don't I can, I can buy that. Booger. I can buy that being like, like, like a Canadian thing. This is wrong. If we were having a podcast party at Haley's parents' house, <laughs> and her mom <laughs> offered me nachos and just brought me dry Tostitos, I'd like <laughs> <taste. laughs> She's a nice lady. You would eat just the nachos no- and say thank you for the. Nachos. I would take it as a personal slight. Is what I would do. Yeah. Well, we have a trade to. We don't have a trade. We to have announce. a trade <laughs> to announce. <laughs> uh, we have a trade to talk about. It's one of those rare days where Ian and Julian haven't talked about like everything that was interesting. So yeah. then we have to talk about nachos and yeah. burgers yeah, for forty five minutes. Yeah, right. Because the tr- because the trade happened in the middle of the night on the East Coast, yeah. basically, and that's the yeah. only way we're we're ever gonna have news to talk about on this. Yeah. Except that like one day where Shane Pinto got suspended for the half season that True. happened in the morning. True. And we were like, so sorry to Shane Pinto, but also thanks. Uh, okay. So the trade, the trade uh, late Wednesday night, as Sean said, depending on what time zone you're in, I don't even think it was that late. It was like it 8 p.m. No, yeah. it was like the first intermission, first or second mm-hmm. intermission. Yeah. I don't know. It's all a blur. Uh, so the Vancouver Canucks get Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. The Flames get Andre Kuzmenko, a 2024 first rounder, two D prospects, and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. Uh, and that condition, according to um, so Craig Conroy, went on the radio with uh, my close personal friend Pat Steinberg, who I love and miss dearly. Even though I'm giving him a shout out, he doesn't listen to the show. But I'll tell him I said this. I know for a fact that Pat doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no chance. Um, but uh, Craig told Pat on the radio that the condition is uh, it'll go up to a third round pick if the Canucks make the Western Conference final. Mm-hmm. So that's the full trade. I feel like, you know, Drance had a story uh, last night and it was like, this was the perfect fit for the Canucks. And I think I'll obviously get to you guys for your opinions on this trade. But for me, the fact that the Canucks made that deal without giving up any of their premium assets other than that first round pick to get a guy that is exactly what they needed. Um, that's pretty good work by Patrick Alvine, who signed a new contract yesterday as well. I'm with Drancer on this too, by the way. And if you haven't read the column, it's, you know, to the you point. You should do it. And I think pretty direct headline is Canucks go all in. Why? Elias Lindholm was the best available hockey fit. It's true. They needed another top six center. I think we're looking at like line projections. Is he, he's going to center. He's going to play center and Pedersen's going to play left wing on, on the first line, which is just like a fascinating, fascinating uh, combination. And I think that that sort of is a nice, I think that in and of itself it's a nice counterbalance to all the, to maybe some people who, who are less, who are less high on, on the trade for Vancouver, which is, which is, it's a valid, valid thing to say about Elias Lindholm is that he struggles when he's not playing with, with elite players. It's true. Like when, when he moved yeah, away from that over the last few years, true for a lot of players, not unique to him. How many guys are you going to move away from Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau and not, yeah. not see some kind of dip? Johnny Gaudreau, by the way, for for the record, has seen quite quite a drop when he's not playing with Elias Lindholm. It's it's worth noting, but we can say it's definitely probably a bit more of a being on the Blue Jackets sh- thing. I, 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 mean, thing I was being a smartass, <laughs> yeah, but but like we can say pretty definitively two things at once, which is that Elias Lindholm was the third guy in that line. That's okay. Uh, 
very very weird effect on stream that just <laughs> popped up. I I just set off balloons going off in, in, in the background. Um Elias Lindholm was the third guy on that line, but also he's still a he's still a really good player. In the in the top six is such in Vancouver that he's gonna be playing with elite players again, whether it's whether it's Elias Pettersson, whether it's JT Miller, whether it's Brock Besser, who's produced at, at a near elite level this year, they're going to find some kind of combination for him in that top six where that, that stacks it up and puts him next to high octane dudes. A. And the other thing is the power play. He's he's a he's a he's a power play weapon. We know this to be true. And the rich kid richer as far as that's concerned in, in, in Vancouver. I love it. I love it for them. I love it for them because this is a year for them. Like mm-hmm. the West is open in a way that I, that it isn't always. And the Canucks are, are, are better than they typically are. This is such a Jim Rutherford trade. And I love, I love everything about it for that man. Go, go all in, try, try to win it when you can. Cause who knows how many of these chances you get. I like it too. I, I think there will be teams that are other sellers that will be happy with this return for Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just ultimately think what you view of the price Vancouver paid depends what you think of Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I think we can all agree that the 27% shooting percentage year he had that led him to 39 <laughs> goals and 70 whatever points got him that five and a half and what a, deal. Yeah, and the two-year yeah, extension, like, right? That's probably not happening again. But at five and a half million dollars, if, if you have a, a player who you trust to be a, you know, above 50% expected goals player who's going to score 25 ish goals, you know, above 50 points. I think that's a, that's an asset you can either, you know, go forward with or plan to, to trade if he does rebound next year, if you are going to go more rebuild um, the, the other assets, like, you know, the first round pick is, is the standard going rate for a, a player of Elias Lindholm's caliber. So if Kuzmenko gets you something additional to that, you really like the price for, for Calgary. Um, but where I like it for Vancouver is that I don't think they care. I think they mm-hmm. would have wanted to move off of Kuzmenko, clear that money, mm-hmm. have the cap space above all anyway. And so even if you lose out on Elias Lindholm, then you paid the rental price of the first round pick and that little extra sweetener and you got out of the money. And that's what I like 100%. about it for Vancouver. A hundred percent. Rick Tockett had no use for, for Kuzmenko. Like we, that's, that's a fact. Like we'd seen that for a year and a half now. And it frees up money in both the, short term like aka now and in the future right because you yeah. lose that 5.5 there's one year left on that and then one more you know lynn one more year right so next year there's they were on the hook for another 5.5 million dollars so that frees that up for the canucks next season obviously we know that there's a pretty big uh contract uh ufa contract for them with with elias Pettersson, right um but they still have around they can add a player of around two million dollar cap hit at the deadline so they bring in Lindholm, they still have assets, and they still have money to spend. Um, and I think that's another thing that just makes this. I know there were some people in, like, I think as far as a win-win goes, like, this looks like it. Because I know people in Calgary were happy about this, too. Craig Conroy was talking about, um, you know, how Kuzmenko is is what they want right now. They they need a right shot. They want guys who can score goals. They think he'd be able to do that in Calgary. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens because even Lindholm wasn't scoring goals in Calgary. Uh, he had nine so far this season. And I look at Lindholm and he'll be able to produce in Vancouver. I don't know if Kuzmenko is going to just all of a sudden start producing in Vancouver if he's not shooting 27%. But I think the Flames are happy with the return too, with getting the 
the assets as well. Max, are you familiar with um, mm. the top prospect that's coming back in the deal? It's um, Rostevich. Did I mess that yeah. up? No, no, you're right. Uh, familiar. I, I wouldn't say I know his game like intimately. The profile is puck moving defenseman. Obviously, I think mm. it's easy to get carried away with what that looks like when you're looking at the junior numbers, though. Like we're, we're going to have to see what this player looks like as a pro. When you hear like puck moving defenseman who lit up the OHL, I'm sure you love to think, you know, big time, you know, whatever Ryan Ellis type. I don't think it's necessarily that, but it's at least they get themselves a flyer at a at a at a player. And I think that's where if you're Craig Conroy, you you like knowing what you're getting in this return more so than a you know vague nebulous draft pick, and that's going to take even longer. So um, I, I like that as a as a as a part of this trade. I don't know that it's going to ultimately be what the trade hinges on, though. I think you're still looking mm-hmm. at. The first in the Kuzmenko is the two top assets, and then uh, Brustevitz is the you know we'll see what happens there. And, and if he if he's great, then this is a great return for Calgary, obviously. Yeah, he's popped in the OHL this year, um, and yep. Drance had a pretty good Q and A. Yeah, Drance had a Q and A with him one on one in November, I believe. So if there's Flames fans listening to this, you can check that out if you want to get to know uh, your newest prospect. One question I had for Sean, obviously, you mentioned Jim Rutherford, and this is such a Jim Rutherford deal. But to kind of zoom out on like what he and Patrick Alvin have done, like I think everyone knows. Like I don't want to say that Jim Rutherford is pulling all of the strings, but we know that he's involved in stuff and we've seen how he's operated before like you've said this a lot like he is a gm who understands the gift and like they are sitting first in the nhl right now uh their coach is gonna maybe win coach of the year if not just be in the conversation they're gonna have guys in the conversation for like every award when we're talking about demko quinn hughes um so i'm just curious like how would you look at the move that Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin made here and like zooming out though, like how would you assess their body of work over the last little bit? Like are, like, are they doing a good job with the Canucks essentially is my roundabout way of asking that question. To me, this is like, imagine a Jim Rutherford deal, like the platonic ideal of a (laughs) trade that Jim Rutherford makes. And it's this, it's this because he identified a need in Vancouver, which he's, I don't want to say he's great at it. Cause sometimes he, in the past, he's identified the wrong needs, you know, like, like his, his, his perception maybe hasn't matched up with, uh, with, with what say the penguins needed at, at times. But the point in the, the instructive part here is that for better or worse, he's like, okay, we need this, we need thing X and I'm going to go get it. And it's, and it's been it, it timed with Pittsburgh. It was speed, which they did need. And that's why they ended up winning two straight cups. And then at times it was toughness, which they didn't need so much. And you could argue hastened, you know, their downfall kind of into mediocrity the, when they went out and got Ryan Reeves and then, you know, screwed up a bunch of stuff financially for them and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The point for Vancouver is that he knew what they needed. It was correct. And then he went and got it, which they, which the Canucks, are a much better five-on-five team today than they were yesterday, significantly so. They needed another, we'll we'll say second, well, whatever. Elias Lindholm, he's a second-line center on, on, a, on a contending team, right? Like, he's like the definition of that guy who, like, if, if he's your 1C, you're probably fine if, if you have him surrounded with, with the right pieces. If he's your 2C, though, you are set. And that's kind of, to me, that's kind of the role, for better or worse, that he's filling, that he's filling here. He went out and did it. 
five weeks ahead of the trade deadline, which is something Jim has always loved to do. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll he doesn't care. He'll set the market. And he'll go out and get a guy a month ahead. Because, like, like, look, do you really think that in on March 5th that Elias Lennon would have gotten much more than this? A first-round pick, you know, a roster player and a, and a, and a you know, a mid-level prospect, let's say? N- come on. Come on. How, how much more was Elias Lennon going to get on deadline day? Now, right. What's the end result? You get five more weeks of him than you would have mm-hmm. than, than than you would have in March. He gets that much more time to incorporate himself into the lineup, that much more time to help help bank your points on and on. This is like the perfect Jim Rutherford deal. So I'm not surprised. Or or the whatever. Let's give Patrick Alvin some credit. He's whether whether he's whether he's you know doing the stuff that Jim tells him to do or come whatever whatever the whatever the power dynamics are there, like they nailed this one for sure. And the Canucks are a perfect Jim Rutherford, uh, perfect team for Jim Rutherford to to do this with, right? Because especially toward the, the tail end in Pittsburgh, it, mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like you you wanted the guy who was going to make these trades when you had the goods to go win it all with that upgrade. The problem was when you started to not be one player away, he was still making yeah. trades that were given away right. you know, futures to try, to try and get there, which is admirable. I, I, totally. I love the, the ambition, but you want to have a team that's capable of mm-hmm. making good on it. Totally. And say what mm-hmm. you want about the the shooting percentage, the save percentage. I think we're at a point where we can agree Vancouver is in that range, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. That's kind of what I meant when I said, like, their coach is going to be in the conversation for the Jack Adams. Like, Quinn Hughes is going to be in the Norris conversation. We're going to be talking about Demko for the Vesna. This team is first in the NHL right now. Like, this is when you talk about GMs who like to take their cues from their team. That's the Brad Tree living you know, mm-hmm. line is I'll take my cue for my team on what I do at the deadline. The, the Canucks are telling their general manager, you know, we are good enough to add to. And I think what's impressive about this deal is like they already had center depth, mm-hmm. but now it's even better. And Lindholm is versatile enough that he can provide more depth at center or he can kick out to the wing or yeah. Um, you know, Elias Pettersson can play up the middle or kick out to wing as we already talked about, like there's going to be so many options for, Rick Tockett to play with and and Lindholm too is you know he can play on the power play and they need that production but he's also very defensively strong Mm -hmm. he can play on the PK he can eat tough minutes like you can if Elias Lindholm is still on a scoring drought two weeks from now like there are things that he can provide to this Canucks team that is still going to be valuable because there's other guys who can who can take the offense obviously you want Lindholm to score he scored over 40 goals you know two years ago so I, I like this for the Canucks a lot. He's also a player that Jim Rutherford has had before. He drafted him. Oh my gosh, him. you're kidding me. Max 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 brought that up in our in in in, in our little What chat. do you mean? So Jim Rutherford He was the GM of the Hurricanes guys. whenever whenever Elias Lindholm was drafted. Are you serious? Oh. Yes. So uh, that when Sean was talking about this being the platonic Jim Rutherford trade. Rutherford loves to to get guys back. Mm-hmm. That right. That's why everyone's like Guess Jake Gensel what? or whatever. Right. It's and true. So as, it's true. As Sean because it was talking, I slid into the chat like, yeah, but he, he's not a guy he's had before. <laughs> I completely. I had to make realize. sure because it, it was. Oh I think I, I believe he was. It looks like he was. He was Rutherford's last first round pick with, with Hurricanes. And the That's other things, Haley. The other the other question you asked, like big picture, like what kind of job is that administration doing with the Canucks? I'm not sure what else you would want him to do. Right. Like I I know the I know there was there's been some problematic starts there and Elias Lindholm is an RFA after the season. So they need UFA. to get that figured out. Or n- no. 
Oh, Elias Patterson Pat- is a Patterson. is a. Oh, is Patterson! A, I thought you said Lindholm. We got yeah, two yeah, Elias. Sorry, I think sorry, I might have said Elias instead of Elias. So whatever, I, I, <laughs> I combine the two. But he got you know Quinn Hughes locked up for a few more years. That's probably gonna you know it's a little bit of a bridge deal. So whatever. But he's cleared space. He's corrected his mistakes, which is such another such a such a Rutherford thing where it's like he's got a way of like working his way out of this uh, like. Kuzmenko, that that's a bad contract. It was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad the day it was signed. They imagine he, what they could have gotten for him when he was on that like 39, totally. 37 goal pace that season. Yeah, but you know what? Like they just used him as a as a main piece to get back Elias totally. Lindel. So yeah. like say what you will about, about about Rutherford. He's not above criticism. God knows. But what that dude is not afraid to do is 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 go back and hit the erase button on uh, on yeah. all this stuff. So like but like long term. I think from a cap standpoint, they're significantly better off than they were before. You know, Pedersen is is the major is the major you know uh, you know long term long term question yeah. there. But man, like they're the team. They're if not the team to beat league wide, they're in the top three at this point. Let's yeah. say, and they just and they just went out and, and got a bunch better. Like it's great. Yeah. It's great to see. This is why Jim Rutherford is good for the NHL. Is because he does <laughs> this sort of shit. Like, like, yeah. like the, 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 the dude's in it to win it every year. If there's a, if there's any realistic possibility, right. And, and, he, and he makes it fun. We're lucky to have him around. I think one of the big takeaways from yesterday as well with Alvin, like just starting with the Alvin extension, like the thing I really liked about that is it was, it was a no brainer and it was like drama free business for the Canucks and for Canucks fans. And I know people like to have fun with Canucks fans and like dunk on them sometimes, but like, it was nice to just talk about something like that was like just a piece of good business in Vancouver. Like after years, like the only reason we talked about the Canucks for like two years on this podcast was if there was a shit show. And now it's just like, Oh yeah, Patrick Alvin got an extension, like makes sense. I've liked what he's done. Like even looking at some of the deals that aged well, I said this on the radio yesterday and I'd be you know curious to know if Canucks fans think it was dumb, but like, Obviously, nobody is like happy about losing Bo Horvat, but like in hindsight, like would you rather have Bo Horvat or JT Miller on the roster right now based on the way that JT Miller is playing? Like that was a big thing. People were sh- willing, like shredding Rutherford and Alvin for like, why would you pick JT Miller over Bo? But JT Miller is having a very good season. He looks great. He's like a part of what's working so well in Vancouver this year. The Philip Ronick deal looks mm-hmm. great in hindsight. That was one where people were like, what's happening here? Um, and then Sean just mentioned, you know, the Kuzmenko extension, not great, but they just used it to bring in Elias Lindholm. So I think there's a lot to like about what these two have done uh, in Vancouver over the last little bit. On that note, would you rather have Horvat or Lindholm? Because the return's not totally dissimilar. I, I actually think Calgary got a little more for Lindholm, which I think is mm-hmm. justified because of the defense. But would you rather have Horvat or Lindholm? I think I'd rather have Lindholm coming up to UFA than than um Horvat on the than Bo Horvat signed for a zillion dollars for a zillion years, which is what, what the Isles too many years too much, into immediately. Yep. For too much money for too many years. Is that that's the Lou quote, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean Horvat has 20 goals right now. You know, he's having a good season. So like, you know, with respect to him when I'm saying would you rather have him or JT Miller? Um 20 goals, 45 points for the Islanders. But the, but. the the thing to remember too is like Look, Miller's contract's going to age badly. Like that, like we're in whether it's in a year or three years, we're going to be back to complaining about him getting eight million dollars a year because it's 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 on 
It's in a vacuum, not the right deal to sign. But you know what? If they win a Stanley Cup this season, who gives a shit? That contract can age as badly as it wants. They can buy out JT Miller in two years because they will have won a cup with him as an as a major, major, major contributor. So whatever. Like he's almost flags, at six, flags he's almost fly at forever. Yeah. The uh the Horvat trade also ended up getting them Philip Heronic almost directly. They basically within like a month span flipped that for Philip Heronic. Then you trade the 2024 pick that's going to be very late. Um yeah. and, and obviously picks prospects and and then whatever it is with Kuzmenko. But I think this is on on net if you go like the last, I don't know how been 13 months, mm-hmm. 12 months. I don't know how long it's been since the Horvat deal. I think they're in a better mm-hmm. place. Uh, yeah. like roster construction wise, obviously standings wise, but I also think it's a better totally. strategic position to be in too. Yeah. So I agree. I think, I think a Canucks fan would probably say I'd rather have Horvat. I can never say his name. I, I always end up, I just, I can't speak. Bore. I want Borhorra. Um, I do wonder if fans would say they'd rather have Horvat just because he was like the captain and like beloved in that market. So they'd be like, whatever, I don't care about they'd the contract. Rather, like they, just give they'd me rather- him back. They'd rather have a team that has however many points they have right now, and, and is and is a and is an. That wasn't the question. That wasn't them. the question. The question was: Would you have Horvat or Lindholm? And I'm saying I think a Canucks fan would say I'd rather have Bobak if it was just all the same. If it's just like flop them in right now at the deadline, sure. I think fans sure. would be like, bring Bobak. But whatever. Anyways, let's take a break. You're so mean, my God! I'm feeling like attacked right now. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is not an hour of Canucks talk, though. This is we're not we're not going to go on for forty more minutes about the Elias Lindholm trade. It is All Star Weekend in the Hello. NHL, and our co-host here, Ms. Haley Salvian, is in Toronto for it. Haley, I know you've been bouncing around the last couple of days at some events, various various events that are taking place in the in the greater Very Toronto area. Very top secret. Uh huh. And you're, which is she's. Not joking. She's going to have a very, a very interesting piece come out at some point in the next couple of weeks. It is women's hockey related. And I think if I say any more than that, I'm going to get electrocuted in my chair. You've already said too much. But there's more coming up as well. And you're, and you're going to be involved with a lot of that, a lot of that too. Let's just, let's go through where we're at here. Mm-hmm. Midday on Thursday. Yeah. Um, What's the second coolest thing you've done so far? Because I know, I, again, I, I know what I know. I know what the first is. Let's 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 yeah. wa- walk us through the vibe in the city of over the last couple of days and kind of how how you've spent your time. 
Yeah, I think yesterday, uh, so Wednesday was interesting because like I just went to go pick up my credential and then I went to uh, the Carnegie Initiative Summit, um, which was really interesting and got to listen to a couple um, great panels there. Um, but it was cool, like walking around the city and seeing like the prep before everything starts. Um, like I'm in Toronto for the All-Star Weekend because I live here. So it was just kind of like going about my normal day, but there's like this extra level of like hustle and bustle around. Um, today was really um, the big day though. I uh, I went this morning to Nathan Phillips Square, which is like city hall. And there's an outdoor rink at Nathan Phillips Square in the winter typically. Uh, and the PWHL was doing uh, their kind of like morning skate, so to speak for the players, which is like <laughs> low key kind of cruel. Like the players are playing at 8 p.m. tonight. And they I think they had to get to the rink by like 7 a.m. for like wow. a full walkthrough, which is wild. But it was like cool. It was like pretty cold out, but it was very cool. There was like fans in the stands, like eight in the morning watching all the players, um, you know, skate around, they're like taking some pictures. It was just like a cool experience. I think for the players to just be out on the outdoor rink, uh, in the middle of downtown Toronto is like a good vibe. Um, you know, Tessa Virtue and John Quill Jones are the two celebrity coaches. Tessa obviously is like a legend in Canadian sport. I always joke like, so she's a figure skater, a retired figure skater. Um, and <laughs> I really want to go up to her and just tell her, like, when I need to feel something, I watch your Moulin Rouge ice dance from the 2018 Olympics. <laughs> if I'm feeling you had like your chance, you had your chance. To no, say I didn't get up close and personal. I wasn't going to scream it. Please, I have something to tell you. Um, yeah. So she was there and I was like, oh, my God, I wish. And it was so eerie, you know standing around like there's Mary Philippe Poulin, like Megan Duggan walking around. I'm like, Tessa Virtue. I I love you. Just like totally losing my shit. Um, so yeah, that's just an aside. That was cool. Um, but John Quill Jones, uh, <laughs> a hooper in the WNBA plays for the New York Liberty and she's one of the celebrity coaches. And I just really want to be like, how is it? How'd this happen? <laughs> And she was walking around like she wasn't on skates. Like she like went out like in her sneakers, like walking around in the ice. You know, like, you know something. You know something funny is like literally while we had, we had, you and I had talked about this last night, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw an ad, a commercial on TV for a documentary called Shattered Glass. Not yeah. not the movie called Shattered Glass. This is a documentary about the WNBA in in, in women's sport. Yeah, and it's streaming on Tubi. Yeah. And it's, I think it, I think it, I think it dropped yesterday. So there's a free, yeah. <laughs> a free ad for Tubi, I yeah. guess, but it's, yeah. but it's, it's available to everybody. So I would, and John Quill Jones is seriously involved with, mm -hmm. she's a big presence in the players association for the WNBA, I believe. Like she's, she's a presence, certainly yeah. a presence in that documentary because I, because I saw yeah. interviews with her in, a... in, in the trailer and that's dropping this weekend. So totally. it's well-timed. Yeah. So I would like, those are the two things that I saw today where I was like, if I could carve out like five minutes with the both of them, like Tessa, I'd probably just be like, wow, Moulin Rouge, iconic. John Cole Jones, I'd still be like, you know what? You were incredible in the playoffs last year. I'd just be like an idiot. Um, I'm just joking for the most part. Like I'd be professional, um, but that was cool. Like to see everything going on, like Megan Duggan and Cassie Campbell are on the ice with the players too. So that was like a cool morning. Um, talking to everyone. I got to talk to Kendall Coyne Schofield. It's been five years since her fastest skater competition. 
Um, and so much has changed and, and happened in women's professional hockey in that five years. So it was cool to talk to Kendall and, and have her reflect on that. So that was a big one. And I was walking around, I was down by the arena um, this afternoon, obviously where the all-star game is going to be by Scotiabank arena. And uh, I saw some of the merch for the PWHL stuff. Like their jerseys are actually kind of cool. Um, and they're just like in the store, like there's the Austin Matthews, like Drew House jersey, and then a PWHL all-star jersey, um, which is very cool. And um, there was like a meet and greet with William Nylander that was about to start. Um, and it was very busy. And I was just like, should I get in line? I'm just I didn't even I didn't but even I realize that, that cool. I didn't realize that the that the PWHL had their own looks. I thought they were just gonna mm-hmm. stick them in, you know, co-branded uh yeah. co co-branded Drew. What is it? Yeah, I almost said Drew, Drew House. Almost, good God. I almost said Drew Hill, which is like no. the most you you guys don't know what Drew Hill is. That was that was the uh that was the group that Cisco was in in the in the in the late in the mid to late nineties before before Thong Song dropped. Am, but yeah, there I was um very old. <laughs> yeah. There was like a lot of like meet and greets and stuff happening at the like sport check uh by the arena. And these are nice. I'm all... I'm look I'm looking at the jerseys now. Team class and team king, which which is what the Yeah, I is... tweeted a picture okay. of them. Um they look pretty cool. There's the home in the way. And then yeah, there's like meet and greets and stuff happening. Like today was William Nylander, and then at five, um it's Emily Clark and Savannah Harmon and then uh, Connor Bedard is tomorrow. So there's just like a lot of stuff going on, lots of player appearances, lots of different activations going on in the city. So <laughs> activations, marketing executive, Ailey Salvian. What else would I call it? Events. Probably Anyways, it's been a good vibe, events. whatever. And then I'm going to go back once we're done here. The red carpet, I think, is at three. And then cool. the doors open at three thirty. The drafts at six. Then the three on three is at eight. Um, and so I'm just very excited. I've never been to an All Star weekend before. I know people love. It's like it's like a too cool for school thing for a lot of like guys who've been in this industry for a while. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. Old, Max old is man, like, Max Boltman, don't care. Weathered veteran Max Boltman of the All Star yeah. game process. But I'm excited. You I've never done one actually. You know I just last... I on principle I skip it. Last one I went to was oh. 2015. Columbus, the drunk all-star draft. I was I was mm. there, I was there for that one. And it's nine years later, and I have not returned. So I think I've I think I've had enough. I actually am excited for this one though, because of the the draft and the the revamped skills competition. Mm-hmm. Um I'm mostly just coping with the fact that I'm not there. But um to, to see it, mm-hmm. but um, I have never been cope, cope and see by my bosses. <laughs> um, cope but uh, no, I I think that the skills competition is going to be really cool, and the 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 formatting. I know you're not going to see every player. I did think it was funny that Sean said we can't spend the whole show talking about Vancouver and then pivoted to the All Star game because my understanding is <laughs> the, the All Star game is just the Vancouver show, especially yeah. the skills competition, which like is a quarter Canucks, I think, right? Yeah, three of the twelve. Yeah. But uh, I think that's going to be a really lack. Cool. This is there's a lack of American representation at the skills competition. It must be said. I think they're properly represented. You're just trying uh, to score points. Three, in three Canucks, two Oilers. Does Canucks fans scare me a little. Leaves. I'm fair. I'm done. I love listen. I, listen. I yeah. love the Canucks. I love the Canucks, the Wild, and the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. If anyone asks, I think you're great good normal people over there for sure 
oh, Islanders Sean, are coming for on. you now. Hey. True, I'm being I'm being honest. I they're, love them they're too. Very good and normal. Okay. Is there something that you're like you care about about the All Star game this year, Sean? I want to see if they what the I mean, it's the draft to me, yeah. I, and I'm I'm a product, I guess, of 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 the time. But that like the the drunk draft in 2015 is just one of the funniest things that ever happened. And me and Russo and Joe Smith were. Uh, I probably should plug this. We wrote um, a pretty extensive look back on it. It's like what happened, what, what everybody was drinking, what uh, Alex Ovechkin, obviously the star of that, because he was, that was the year famously, he was, he was uh, pushing to be taken last and kind of, you know, as a bit, but not really sort of on, on the, on the broadcast. It's a lot of fun. Read the piece and Tell me that Nick Foligno wasn't the MVP of the entire process. Like he gave <laughs> us, I think, I think, I think Joe did that interview. Gave us ev- everything, everything, the gory, the gory details of uh, of that. Which is honestly, the, here, here, uh, what, what I'll say is this, and this is something, this is something Foligno kind of brought up. Is it's easy to look back on that and say that the that the NHL just killed it because it was too much fun and all those guys got half loaded on you know keg beer, but in a, in a in a green room and you know, got goofy on, on TV. Maybe that was part of it. Maybe not. But I think it's worth noting that that year, the game was as bad as it ever was. And I saw it in person. It was awful. The quality of play was humi- was humiliating. This guy should have been ashamed of themselves, honestly. And that is what spurred the three on three tournament. And I think when you put the three on three tournament in place, it was easy to just be like, all right, the draft isn't a part of it now. Right. So I think that's, that was as big, as much a part of it as those guys being, as those guys being, you know, silly up, up on stage, but now it's back. And I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think incorporating celebrity captains in there is, is, uh, is the cringe potential is Tate McRae and Nathan McKinnon. You know, it'd been funny if, if, uh, if old, Cole Sillinger was good enough to be in the discussion for a for, for an all star spot. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had to no. give my you know adult male producer at CBC. He's great. Shout out Sunny. I'm all about the shout outs <laughs> today. Um, but like, I ended I was just, I ended up like giving him like all the all the hot gossip on the Tate McRae thing because he was like, "Is that a country singer, Tate McRae?" He was like, "Did you just hear like the last name McRae and assume it was like?" some country band. I was like, no. So, okay, listen, here's the lore. And just went through her and Cole Sillinger were together. She was his. Let's, 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 let me, just let me do it. Yeah. Tate McRae and Cole Sillinger dated. Cole Sillinger had said on a podcast that someone was like, who's your celebrity crush? And he was like, probably Tate McRae. And then they end up, shut up. And then they start dating and then they end up breaking up under mysterious circumstances and now she's wearing like hockey pads and like dancing on the zamboni and her music videos and now she's at all-star and her ex-boyfriend is not is that it we're good max is like i don't max is like i just turned my mic he's muted he doesn't give a shit (laughs) um it's funny the draft is cool so today and you know i'm scooping a bit of the story that i'm going to work on after the pwhl three on three, but I asked some of the players, like if you could have like your must haves for a PWHL all-star weekend, like what would you want? And one of the players said she'd want the draft. She's like, especially if like you get picked last and you get a car, that'd be nice. I was like, Oh, 
So angling for like a next, if there's a PWHL draft, like Emily Clark is going to go full Ovechkin and be like, don't pick me. Don't pick me. Like I need the Honda Civic or whatever. What is the equivalent? It was an, it wasn't, it wasn't even a Civic. It was, it was like a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wanted it for charity. Yeah. Like, like, like for the yeah. record. What would the equivalent be salary wise <laughs> of an NHL player getting an accord? Of a versus a PH PWHL player getting like a vehicle of something like would they get a bike like what like what could they even what could what could they even <laughs> get it's not mean they're underpaid <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not it's not fair I don't I know a thousand dollars Dick's sporting goods gift card prob- oh god didn't they already get I, one of those mm-hmm. I I know I just poo pooed this. It actually sucks for Cole Sillinger that his ex is at the NHL All-Star Game. I think it's really hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I saw she talked on a podcast about how she saw an ex-boyfriend on Tinder like while they were still dating. And I'm like, oh, if that was Cole Sillinger. He fumbled the bag. But so that she was also on Tinder. No, her friend saw it and sent a screenshot and said, oh likely, my God. Likely story. Anyways. Maybe he just didn't delete it or something i don't know no that's not how that works i don't know as someone who's literally seen a dude that i as anyways that's happened to me before and it's like oh my roommate swipe my roommate matched with someone that i was too too far tinder and i was like too far into it all right and then and then you were the hired musical guest at his (laughs) yes right (laughs) yeah exactly Anyways, I uh, can't believe it's only Thursday and we've had all this. Like, all, I think that's where the NHL does deserve some credit. Is I feel like this has turned into like we had stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, like, it's it's really is like a full week event. And I think they've done a good job of it. Is that because it's in Toronto? Maybe, maybe not. But I think they've done a good job of, you know, making it feel like more of a more of a full a full mm-hmm. week long thing. Because we have we have we have days worth of days more le- remaining of um of all related stuff, which, you know, could be worse. And for as much as people complained about it, not being in a warm weather place, it not being, you know, in, in a vacation city, honestly, that helps that, right? Like it, in, instead of it being about, you know, your, your break, you're going to to sit in the beach and be in the sun, you're going for, for an event and, and they've made it an event. So that is yeah. kudos to them. Yeah. And when you say people, you just mean Mark Lazarus who will complain about he was what is it draft was it Marchand too yeah maybe but I know Laz's big thing is like the draft should always be like somewhere like this and all-star should always be like South Florida he's not wrong but also who cares you're here but then you then you have travel takes with Laz is always is always one of my favorite (laughs) if you put all-star just in Fort Lauderdale Tampa LA whatever you have people treating it like they're there to to get away not like they're there for the all-star game right yeah I guess I can't say I've never done it, but that's how I would feel. Yeah, you're a phony. You hate all star. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Well, Rick Nash yeah. was like in the, in that in that story we wrote. Rick Nash was like, he made a point to say like, you got to remember, like he was basically like, give these guys credit for even being there in the first place because you, there are 600 other NHL players and everybody spends this time on the beach. Like you got to remember, he was like, you got to remember these guys don't want to be anywhere yeah. right? is, 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 is what he was, is what he was saying, which is like, it's true. It's true to an extent, but the least they can do when they're there is if you're there, be there like, right. Like have like go to the okay. events, you know, do your best on TV, 
try to give people something to remember from the skills competition in the game because it's always important to remember for for, for all star games too. This stuff is for children. It's for little kids who are That's there having such a good who time. are there who are there and watching on television. It's there for it's there for children and media members. Yeah. If you are a media member who is also a child, you are in hog heaven, my friend. Yippee, yippee, yippee. All right, Haley, you got to go, don't you? Yeah. You have like you have you have some speaking of, you have a bunch of other all star obligations to to not to handle here. So you guys split. That's correct. All right, we're going to head into a break. When we come back, me and Max are going to be around. We're going to talk anonymous player poll, which I had nothing to do with and could just read and consume. And Max had to bust his ass getting people to answer the questions over the last month or so. So Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. That's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back. It's segment three. A big piece drop on Wednesday. It's something we do every year. The Athletic NHL, it's the anonymous NHL player poll for the season. It's where we ask dudes like who's the best player who's the most overrated player 
best goalie, worst road city, blah, 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 blah. I believe one hundred. Yeah, it's it's good though. Like I like I like everyone. No, I'm the the reason I phrase it that way is because everybody knows that everybody knows what this is about because a zillion people read it every single year. Like like people know the drill now. The important thing to know is that it dropped on Wednesday of this week. So go read it right now. There's a ton of good stuff there. Around 200 players were were polled. It's you know some guys declined to answer questions, but you see a lot of 174 players answered this. 181 players answered that. A lot of stuff is not a surprise. Connor McDavid gets 70% of the votes for best player in the league. A smattering of stuff going to going to other dudes. I think Nathan McKinnon is, is the relevant one to mention. He's at 16%, but that's not a it's not a not a debate, nor should it be. We'll start with the goalie question, Max, because you were in the room polling guys, I think, on some capacity here, though we we won't we allegedly with any speci- with any specificity. 44% still say that Vasilevsky is the best dude in the league. Does that seem yeah. high? That seems high to me. I think it all depends how you take the question mm-hmm. because I, I think, and, and there was a time doing these polls over the years, uh, there was a time that you would still get some Crosby in the poll too, for best player, even when it, you know, it was certainly trending McDavid and he was winning them. Um, but Crosby was still getting them on, you know, on, on any given night. Would you rather have Crosby or yeah, right? And and, and, he's, and, he's, and he is, by the way, for the record, Crosby got one point six six percent of the votes out of one hundred and eighty one. So you can do the math, like two people, right? Two, but, people but it used to be, I think, a little more. If you if we went back to like our twenty eighteen or nineteen polls, mm-hmm. I think it was a little closer than that. And so I think it depends how you take the question. If you gave me one game in a game seven right now, I still think I'm taking Andre Vasilevsky. But if you look at this season, I don't know how you can say it personally than Connor Hellebuck. I didn't try to manipulate these results. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but that would be my vote would be Connor Hellebuck because of the year he's having. But if, if you're, if you're taking it, like you got, you got a game to win tomorrow, I, I would vote for Andre Vasilevsky. So it just depends on how guys take the question. You know what I mean? Hellebuck is the dude who I th- would have thought had got, would steal votes from Vasilevsky this year. The other ones like that, you know, there's, it's not even worth getting into because then we'll just start naming numbers and names and whatever. Not the point. Connor Hellebuck got about 15% of the vote out of 183 poll players, which I don't, it just seems, it just seems a, a little, a little bit low, not just because of the season that they're having, because there's so much volatility at that position, you know, year over year. How do you, how would you say Igor Shesterkin? Because if he's been, you know, wasn't super, wasn't as outstanding last year as he was the year before. How do you say Elias Rokin who's dropped off pretty, pretty significantly, right? Like I get that. Hellebuck's the one though, who's been there in some capacity year over year with Vasilevsky. Yeah. Has he been, has he been two or three or four behind Vasilevsky in a bunch of the, yeah. But I I would think that that track record combined with how great he's been so far this season would have maybe netted him a little bit more, but that's probably, it's probably nitpicking. Most underrated player in the league I, I, I got to give Alexander Barkov credit for this. Like the fact that he finds a way to stay on these lists year after year after year, despite being fantastic and despite being universally acknowledged as underrated for a decade now is pretty impressive. This one tried my patience. When it's very, I, I'm, I'm annoyed by this. I'm annoyed yeah. that he's, th- that he's still number one. This is one. If, if I was ever going to try to talk someone out of an answer in, a, in an anonymous player poll, this is the this is the topic that would make me want to do it because 
I, I have only two theories. Number one is that when you're on the spot, you're trying to just sort through mm-hmm. and it's, it's a heuristics thing. And you just think underrated Barkov because it's been beaten into your head so many times. Completely. Number two is that Alexander Barkov loves this and he prides himself on this perhaps. And, and maybe, maybe he's manifesting <laughs> in, in all of his conversations <laughs> when he's on the ice at a face off that he goes, Hey, did you do the player poll yet? No. Underrated. Just remember. Wins the face off on you, and how can you argue at that point? This is like this is gonna be like in four years if Greta Gerwig still doesn't have an Oscar after you know her next movie <laughs> comes out and people still say she's underrated. It's like, well, no, her movie her movies are loved by everybody and one of them made a billion dollars. Like she's she's properly, properly yep. rated. She just does she just doesn't have a trophy. Should we orchestrate a, a, a what's our What's our voting organization called? PHWA. I get, I'm getting confused now with PWHL. PHWA. <laughs> yeah. Should we orchestrate a conspiracy to get Barkov an MVP to end this one? To end this? I think, to just, I think to so. To just properly rate him? We should definitely. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. We should have rig awards voting. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> what, that's what we're saying here. Um, I love, I love the list. Dude, I love the list of, of other, of other votes, which is something that was included in the yeah. in the write up here because the most common answer was was another was a player other than the top 15 yeah. or whatever yeah other includes alex i follow eric goodbranson these the, the, this is a very long list i'm just picking yeah. off you know fun like funny ones but these I've are been, actually underrated like that that's my thing these right? are under like, these are the guys who are absolutely these are the guys who are underrated elias Pettersson is in the other he is not underrated he he is a superstar in a Canadian team. Everyone agrees that he's good. You can sit here and tell me that Matthias Samuelson is is the most underrated player in the league, or that uh, Trent Frederick is the most underrated player in the league. Both those guys got got votes. I am infinitely more interested in hearing from NHL players talk about why those guys are underrated than just being like, "Yeah, it's Barkov again." Who uh, who, who would have gotten your vote here? That's a I walk into great, your locker room and I ask you. Who I probably would have, you know, I said, uh, uh, Barkov. <laughs> Duh, b- 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 Barkov. How about, I don't need, he's not even the most underrated player on his own team. I think Carter Hague is significantly more underrated than, than Alexander Barkov. How about that? I like that take. Like I that go take? Kempe. Adrian Kempe is my answer to this question. He got 1.79% of the vote. Yep. Every time I watch him, I think this guy's so good. That why dude, he is him? so, he, cause he's, cause his, I know why he doesn't get more votes. It's cause he's like an inconsistent, kind of an, in, an inconsistent player, but his, the stuff he's good at is so clear. And that's, is he's one of those guys where if me and you drop in on a Kings game and we watch it for a period if he's on, it's going to be like this guy's. He's like, the best player on the ice sometimes. Yeah, because he's because yeah. he because he, he's got one of the best shots in the league and he's fast as hell. Like yeah. he pops. We yeah. love him. We love we, we love Adrian Kempe here. Who are the other guys off off this list? I'm 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 always going to be on. I'm get, always I'm always going to be on the Ailers is is underrated train, but yep. that's been that's been going on for for too long. Chandler Stevenson's been uh, maybe not great this year, but for but on balance over the last bunch of years, <clears throat> extremely extremely un- underrated player. Um, and I'm just glad people came off the, the, the Jacob Slavin thing, because he is down to 1.79%. He was approaching that level, the, the Barkov, Barkov level of like, yeah. okay, everyone just come off it. 
everyone likes him. It's fine. Hyman's approaching that too. I think for me, where I saw him on the list, and I went, "Yeah, that that's right." But then I I also think he's getting the credit now that he's in Hyman markets he's been in. I think Hyman was like somehow underrated, but over discussed when he was with the Maple Leafs. Great way to put it. And now it's they're they're meeting they're meeting in the middle. So this is worth reading, I think, just to see some of these names pop up and also some of the lines, because clearly one of the anonymous players was as pissed as uh, he seemed almost <laughs> as annoyed about Barkov getting, you know, mentions as often as we are. He goes, Barkov is not underrated. He's a marked man every night. Another one. Everyone's been saying Barkov for so long, but he's not underrated. Like on and on and on. So we Where him. was he in our top center? He was in our top ten centers list in the league. Like Barkov, yeah, he's he was he was uh, he was in our top ten list, and I think in our in the actual player tier list, I want to say he was two A. Like he's don't really don't good. worry about Alexander Barkov. He's he gets more than enough dap from from everybody. What'd you make oh. of the overrated? Because Eric Stevens, it was Trevor Zegers. Other one, other wins a lot of these. But Trevor Zegers was the, of the named players, the highest vote getter. Eric Stevens did one of my favorite I, things that we do. Yes. And took that right to the locker room and asked the Ducks teammates about it. And if you're, if you're Eric, you can be like, Hey, it's not, it's not me. Just, to, yeah. just, to, just, just the people I work with saying that it's your opponents actually saying that. Like, I want to say it specifically, like who on the Red Wings voted for Zegers is the most underrated player. We want names. Um, Others twenty six percent. Zegers is is almost is almost thirteen. He's significantly above the rest of the league. The next it's name only person, percent. Yeah, but the next named person is Darnell Nurse, who's like not even at eight. Yeah. And then Kachuk, Robertson, Uberdo, Ovechkin, Hopkins, Dubois, Lina, Carlson, Meyer, Mitch Marner. The Kachuk one surprised me. I don't know how he's how is he over. It's because he's annoying. It's because people. It's because he he gets on dudes' nerves, and, and they and they can use that as a as a chance to as a chance to grind the axe. Um, the other ones are very funny. Who like is Adam Pellick overrated? <laughs> who's, Joel, who's overrating Adam? Who Pellick? hates <laughs> Who hates Joel Edmondson enough to say that he's the most overrated player in the league? Tate Chomp Tate Thompson's an interesting one. How much? Um. But yeah, that's a, that's another interesting story from from Eric Stevens. He the the Ducks specifically talking of defending Zegers from being the the most uh, the the most overrated guy in the league. Here's the last one we're going to talk about. I think because I don't care about refs. I don't know if you do either. Well, the the funny thing about the refs is that's the one that players. You mm-hmm. look at these totals here, right? Worst ref only had 92 people willing to answer it. Yeah, they're like, I'm not even. We're not even going to dip We're not our toe go in those there. waters. And, and then you look at the winner, Justin St. Pierre, and one of the first he's, notes. He's definitely widely loathed. But the, the Oh, he's not even around he's anymore. Not even in the league. That's really I want to know if the players know that. Did the players know that definitely and not. knowingly set a guy who's definitely not in the league right now just as another way of copping out? Nope. 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 Um, Man, but back to what back to what I was saying because I, I guess you you are right. The the rough stuff's more interesting than we're giving giving a credit for. Big question: Who is the player in the league whose face you most want to punch? Congratulations to Nick Cousins in the Cousins family. He is at twenty eight point five seven percent, and he beat other, smoked other significantly. It goes Cousins at twenty eight point five seven, other at sixteen point three. 
Marshawn did a hair under 15%, and then Kachuk at about 7.5. What is Nick Cousins doing out there? I, I mean, I, I knew that he was a, I knew that he was a shit disturber, right? But man, look at look at these lines too. Played against him a long time. One player said, always hated the guy. He's gonna get a lot of answers on this one, says another. Another says, a third says, I'm buddies with him, and I'd still say him. We have a we have a new rat king. Congratulations to Nick Cousins. You know what? There was a run there where Nick Cousins was in that in the news for a, a different bad hit like every week. I, yeah, and that that's true. I honestly, I think that's a well earned one. I don't want to make it sound like it's not something that he earned. This is just decisive, decisive. Yeah, he's he's doubling the next named human being in this in this uh in in this thing and that's the best to ever do it brad marsh <laughs> like for god's sake un- unreal unreal stuff I'm, nick cousins i'm buddies with him but i'd yeah. still say him is a is an all-timer <laughs> how relatable is that too by the way yes how yes. relatable is that you and i have mutual friends who we'd say deserve to get punched <laughs> in the face who we would probably describe that as well we're not gonna name it is here. What else? Pick pick one more. Pick one more for us to talk about that you like. We got best jersey. We got favorite road city. Well, this these we are the ones that like least you know, favorite road city. And poor Winnipeg is piling up forty one percent there. Like I don't unfair. like to pile on on that one. You know, but favorite road city is like equally boring. It's it's Vegas, New York. I, what I loved is the, mm-hmm. is the, in the jerseys. It's just the original six. No wild. Show. Boring. And I don't know if that's like a, is that a history thing? And you've just known the Jersey so long. Those are the teams that don't change their jerseys. That's probably what it is. All these other teams experiment with what they're doing. I think about how many different looks, the capitals, the coyotes have had the coyotes actually make the list in a decent number of spots, a decent, decent spot, but the original six just stay to what works. And I think that is a, uh, this is a, this is good reinforcement probably for those, <laughs> Ownership groups and management groups have probably taken a ton of shit for not doing more alternates over the years. Oh, but look where just, it gets you. NHL players having a conservative streak. Who could have seen that? <laughs> coming? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Good showing by the Kraken. Yeah. 4.11. They're the, they're the best. They're the number one non-original sex team. I, players also couldn't vote for their own, which I think is irrelevant. Did you do any polling for, for this? This time? This year? No. Okay. In the past, we've had this question. I've had, before. I've had to. I, I've had to. This is a big under. I think we need to. We don't need to go too far into this, but this is a big undertaking. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of practice days. Yep. You know where maybe you would rather be doing something else, frankly. But so so there's been times that, uh, doing something other than just being like, "Hey, what's your least favorite road city? What player do you want to punch in the face?" Because time is at a minimum, especially when you're dealing with professional athletes. So there's been. Years in the past, where in Pittsburgh, I've been called in to, you know, take some stuff off of Josh and Rob's plate, rightfully you so. You pop but in the road room, all that, right? It's but, a lot of it's a lot of effort. But the the Jersey one I find interesting because I don't know if you've ever had this on the Jersey question before. Sometimes you get a specific Jersey, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I actually don't even know how they tabulate that when I submit to them like a, a certain teams like third jersey like so if someone's like if someone's jersey? like well, i love the coyotes third jersey or right the kachina or something because because right? they even said in the article it's i actually you know, i think now, jake so is, is who puts it together 
but he he kind of made the point that a lot of guys you know pointed to the to the alternates and i don't know how they how they end up getting tabulated i think nhl players should be able to do this about reporters they should ask they should we sh- we should answer questions posed by nhl players about who's the co-worker we most want to punch in the fist who has the yeah exactly <laughs> customs okay that's it who's the worst dress Laz? <laughs> i don't know not me beat, hockey beat writers would make that a challenge let's say that you're just picking from a bunch of dudes wearing chinos and quarter zips like it's really not that not that interesting of a field maxi this was fun i feel like Haley should have stuff to do more often (laughs) just kidding we need we need more boys time i don't i don't think so (laughs) you know next time you're here you know where we're going costco oh yeah hot dog lunch my boy shout out shout out to the waterfront costco there's a couple uh pens trips that, that look mighty doable on the on the back half of the schedule so just remember, you have you have friends in high places. You have a That's gold right. you have a gold star member in your immediate social circle here. Wow, have you seen that meme by the way of the guy in like the basketball student section who like pulls out? You can just kind of see uh, like he's like showing a girl in the student section. She's like, oh wow, and then you, they like oh, zooms yeah, in. It's, it's for like, sure a Costco gold card. Love it, love it dude's rock. <laughs> Thank you, folks, for listening. As always, uh, Haley's going to listen to this and be upset at both of us. Because it kind of seems like we made fun over there for a second. And I'm vamping as I try to go find the ad read, which is in front of me now. Follow us on YouTube, folks. YouTube.com slash at sign the athletic hockey show. Right now, you can get a one-year subscription for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. That's theathletic.com slash hockey show. Next episode is Friday with Max again. Corey Pronman, Scott Wheeler, and Chris Peters. You guys have like the you guys have the prospect mega team coming up. I love this. Yeah. It's gonna be a great episode. We're gonna we're obviously we talked about Scott's draft rankings earlier this week. We got Corey's uh, that we'll talk about that came out uh, tomorrow, and then we're gonna do a mock draft. So it's the first uh, for for all the teams that are starting to lose hope on the season. We've got the first sixteen uh, as a mock, uh, and we did a little uh, simulation on the lottery that people will hate. Love it. Love love hate listeners. Also, Monday, we have Ian Mendez and Mark Lazarus on the Monday show, and they will have their reaction to the London Police Service press conference on Monday, which is about the the five uh, Team Canada players who are now being charged. And that is a big day on the calendar for that for that case. Tune in for that. Again, Ian and Mark are going to have live live reaction. Ian, Ian is uh, boots on the ground there as well. So they will have that for you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the All-Star festivities. If you're listening on Thursday, remember uh, All-Star Draft tonight. Let's see if some dudes get drunk. It always makes it better. Have a good weekend. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.